You're listening to Keeping It Real with Janine, your guide to living an authentic, healthy life. I'm your podcast host, Janine Strong, and every two weeks, I have an inspiring conversation with an ordinary person leading a truly extraordinary life. And I'm quite sure that you will enjoy today's conversation with Selena Matreya. Selena's focus is practical spirituality, how to turn daily chaos into peace. This can be, for most of us, a game changer. We have the capacity within us to utilize any difficulty as a transformational tool to increase our consciousness and to be at peace. This is the key to living an extraordinary life. Selena will share with us this new lifestyle of using difficulty as a transformational tool to go to peace and turn any difficulty into serenity. Selena Matreya is an internationally celebrated lecturer, author, and teacher of practical spirituality. In 2013, she was personally put to the test after a traumatic car event left her severely brain damaged. She was able to use her physical difficulty as an opportunity to experience peace, and as a result, made a complete recovery defying all medical predictions. I've been looking forward to hearing Selena's story and her wisdom. Greetings, Selena. I'm grateful to have you as my guest. Well, thank you so very much. I'm excited and very grateful to be here. I know. Uh, we've just had a lovely pre-podcast conversation. Uh, we probably should have been recording it. There was a lot of, <laughs> a lot of good stuff there. <laughs> Well, we will we will have more to come, more to come, my friend. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Well, why don't you uh, take it away and just start wherever you'd like? Well, I want to start by thanking you for that introduction. Um, I was so drawn to your show. You were referred to me by a common friend, mm-hmm. but then I listened to your show, and there was something either in the copy, um, and that you've now repeated about ordinary people having extraordinary lives. And I want to share with you that I'm in the process of writing a book, and it's called Monks Without Monasteries, How Ordinary People Live Extraordinary Lives. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Yes. Uh And so I thought, I need to talk to this woman. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm in the writing stage now and proposal stage, but it's a book that is all about what we're going to be talking about, how we can use difficulty as the tool, the transformational tool to increase our consciousness and have a peaceful life. And it really comes down to, you know, years ago, people who were enlightened, who were had to leave society, they went to monasteries, mm-hmm. they lived in caves, and, you know, Indian gurus were in the streets as, you know, people of ash. And, you know, there would, people would leave society to have deeply spiritual lives. And now we're being asked to be spiritual people in our everyday life. And that's the monks without monasteries. So Mm. I, uh, I was very intrigued by, by our common desire to help Regular people live extraordinary lives. Mm-hmm. So thank you for your thank you for your part there. Oh well, thank you for coming on because you know there's so many challenges in life these days, and I, I mean I can see why people went off, to, <laughs> you know, to be by themselves to to really immerse themselves in in their spiritual practice and in connecting with with source because it, it is a challenge. 
Well, it's also when you're able to do that, I mean, think about it. What a gift. Mm -hmm. You're really and and I had that gift, quite honestly, for um, when I had my brain injury, I was literally at that moment taken out of my life, which was an incredibly busy life at an unusual point in my life at the very first day of the rest of my life. After selling my home of 15 years and raising my kids, it was literally the day I was starting my first vacation in eight years. Mm. And and everything had been put on a van. My whole house cleaned out the night before. And I was literally driving over to clean my house for the last time. And within three days of this car event, I couldn't walk down a hallway. And so for the next three and a half years, I was that person who wasn't necessarily living in a cave, but but I was taken out of my life and unable to really have a close to normal life for three and a half years. I had two hours of focus a day. So I was really in that space. And I'll tell you, as difficult as, of course, it was physically, it was a gift. It was a blessed gift. It was amazing to be taken out of life and be downloaded with energy and have conversations with source. Um, so I, I would say in a very unusual way, in a different way, I had that opportunity. But we are all being asked now um, to be to live a spiritual life in the midst of a world that feels anything but that. Mm, and mm. there's a good reason for that, which I'll be sharing. Um, but yeah, you're right. We live in the world and there's a lot that happens. Well, I am looking forward to your sharing why that is. <laughs> well, I will tell you um, a little, just a little bit of uh, background for everybody. Sure. Um, who's listening in, um, just so that you understand what I'm about to share. Um, I've been a spiritual student since I was 14, and I'm 64, going to be 65 in a few months. And my journey started when I was 14 years old. So I have had a very deep connection to source for many years. I, in my 20s, took a sidestep for sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Mm -hmm. When I married my first husband, who was a rock and roll drummer and had a fabulous time doing so, it was a mm -hmm. lot of fun, um, but came right back to uh, source in my 30s. So what I'm about to share with you isn't unusual because um, my relationship with spirit is 24-7. As I'm sitting here talking, I'm still connected to spirit. I do at times go into a deep state um, and spirit channels through me. Mm -hmm. But that is only my choice to block out all the external sources around me, that, that that connection is there regardless. And one of the times I was going through my day, I was asked to stop and Spirit gave me a tutorial on why the world is so difficult. And they were very clear about the fact that we are multidimensional beings mm -hmm. and we have what I call our existence, I would call a life stream. Mm -hmm. And in this life stream, that's you and the life stream, that's myself. Uh, we have physical bodies. We have physical brains. We have a history. We mm -hmm. have a history in this body. We have personalities. We also have frequency, and it's the frequency in our body 
that I work with, and it's the frequency in our body that we'll be working with today. And what they speak of, what Spirit spoke of, is the high frequency of love comes into our body and is breathed out with our first breath as we take that first breath in in life. And that high frequency of love is a very real frequency. And we experience it when we're excited, when we're in pleasure, when we're at peace, when we feel contentment, when we look into our children's, our lovers, our friends' eyes, when we walk in nature. That is what we are experiencing. But what we are experiencing even if we feel it's through other people, is actually inside of us. And we are connecting that energy as being um, activated. We also have a low energy of pain. Mm. And pain is a frequency. It's often referred to as the egoic mind. There are lots of phrases, but it is a, it is a frequency. It's a real frequency. Mm. We know that because we experience depression. We experience worry. We experience anxiety. Sometimes we just feel flat. You know, mm-hmm. and sometimes we are angry or we are jealous or we are impatient or we're not um, we're not tolerant. Those are all expressions, physical expressions of the low frequency, the way that patience and kindness and gratitude and grace um, and appreciation are expressions of the high frequency. And at any time, we are one or the other. So spirit reminded me of this and explained to me that. The reason that we were placed in a world that has lots of chaos and lots of difficulty is that each time we experience difficulty, it's actually our opportunity to remember who we are, that we we don't walk, we're conditioned as we come into this world, we're conditioned to forget about the frequency of love. It's not, it's not. When we're children, when we're babies, it's all that we are. But as we grow older and we're asked to, you know, what were you thinking? And our brains are so overemphasized and our behavior is monitored and we're restricted in so many ways and we're not encouraged to be loving and kind. We're encouraged to follow along. We're encouraged to listen and do what I say all the way down the line. Mm -hmm. And what happens is we, we, put that energy of love, that high frequency of love, is not our guidance system anymore. So Spirit has said that difficulty is an opportunity to not fall into it the way we're conditioned and trained to, but to use as an alarm clock that when we're in a moment of difficulty, something happens and someone cuts us off on the road and you're about to, you know, scream or give them the finger, that's actually your opportunity to remember that you are love and to bring in a frequency of love as a response to that. And this is pretty radical information because nobody's really talking about responding to difficulty with love. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that's what Spirit had said, that the only purpose for us to be in a world of chaos is so each time we have an opportunity to choose to remember that we have the capacity to love and that when we bring that energy into our being, not just think it in our brain, but and I there's a process they gave me afterwards, mm-hmm. but when we actually bring it into our existence, then we're shifting our state 
And we're starting our next moment. We're responding to the difficulty from a high frequency of love. And and what happens in our lifetime, and we know this to be true, all of us know this when we think about it, when something happens to you, your next moment isn't created by what landed, it's created from your response to it. So if we respond right. to chaos with more chaos, we're creating that next moment in chaos. But if we use the chaos as an alarm clock and we choose to actively and consciously stop and fill our body with the frequency of love in one of its many manifestations, then our next moment we move forward from that higher place. So difficulty is an opportunity to bring back love, Mm -hmm. to be the love that you were meant to be, not just to have it in your back pocket when it's convenient. (laughs) That's that's a very good point. Wow. Okay. I was listening very intently. So trying to really take what in what you're saying. So would I be correct in saying that when we have responses that are are I don't want to say negative. I hate I hate doing a polarity, but well they're difficult. That right? are difficult, yeah. That that we're at it's actually a symptom of a low frequency that we're carrying. Okay, ask that again. Say okay, that again, please. So, so it, is it our responses? Are those actually more like a symptom of the low frequency that we're in, or the high frequency that we're in? But it's well, I yeah. Or is it the other way around? That well, go ahead. Well, are we creating the f- low frequency because of our negative responses? Or negative well, or, you know, or that's, anger. That's a whole that's a whole other program. And that's a really good question. <laughs> you know, it is because it is. It's a very good question. Our vibration has a lot where we are at any time, our our personal vibration, not our temporary state. Okay. We were referring to temporary states of being in low frequency or high. They move. Mm-hmm. They those 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 states change hundreds of times within the day, if not thousands. Right? We're always in different places, mm-hmm. and and for people who aren't grounded in their own frequency, um, they're going to be affected up and down by those external situations. So your question is: Are mm-hmm. external situations brought to us due to our own frequency. Mm -hmm. And and that's a very powerful question. And I would say, yes, they are. Because I have, as I've progressed, and I have learned um, and am diligent about being a witness to my behavior. And when I notice that I'm in a low frequency, I ask, what am I to learn? And then I shift my frequency after I get the, after I know why it's happening and what I'm to learn, I don't want to lose that lesson. And then I change my frequency. And so, you know, I'm constantly changing my frequency. I have a very high freak. I have a very high personal frequency mm-hmm. because of the work that I've done. And so I notice that I have a lot less chaos in my life than most people do. Um, I rarely get ill. I, I think it's been six years since I had a cold or a flu. Um, I don't don't engage in drama in my life. So I've noticed that I don't have a lot of it. And I've seen this not only in my own life, but in the lives of my students.
students that I've worked with for a couple of years, they, they, they notice it themselves. They're blown away by how much less chaos comes in. However, life in the physical world is full of that. And it is very purposeful for us to have difficult times so that we can, we can learn what it is about our own nature, our own personalities that need to be softened. And then we can also have that opportunity to wrap ourselves in the energy of love. But yes would be the answer to that question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it has everything to do with our personal frequency, which is a result of how we handle those moment-to-moment opportunities for chaos to come in. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm constantly amazed as to the amount of drama people live in. I I, I don't even know how they manage... um, I, I've often felt that I'm like the the this, the eye of the tornado, you know, with all of this drama going on around, you know, people, friends, you know, are hearing about, you know, people's lives and what they're always going through. It's just, it, it amazes me. Well, you know, and I, I think that's a wonderful spot to be in, in that eye is a wonderful spot to be in. Um, it's there is an awful lot of drama. Well, look at how our world is. You know, we've been conditioned from the time we were little. I mean, down to soap operas being on TV and magazines that focus on the lives of stars and celebrity being so important in this society. And everybody always can't wait to hear the latest story about some celebrity's life. And, and there's so much focus on other people's lives and existence not always in a very positive way. And we grow up with that, you know, and we grow up with expectations of the people that raise us. And and depending on, you know, consciousness has been growing over years. Our Mayan brothers said in 2012 that that was the first year since the fall from grace that there were more people with consciousness on this planet than not. So every generation before us, including our generation, has been brought up by people with less consciousness. And so the idea of living in a world with drama isn't surprising because that's a byproduct of consciousness. You know, all the reality Mm -hmm. TV shows, the man that now occupies um, Pennsylvania Avenue, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a whole, there's a lot going on. It's, it's, we're really reaching a tipping point. So it's how we choose to respond to the drama that really speaks to whether or not we choose to use it as a tool for consciousness. And clearly being the eye in the storm of the tornado, you must be a person who has chosen well and chosen to not have it define you and define your life. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you, you mentioned uh, reality TV shows. That is something that I have never understood. I have no idea why people are so interested in reality TV shows. It has absolutely no interest to me. And now that we're talking, it it occurs to me that maybe it's it's an escape from from looking at ourselves. And yes, I don't know. Well, it certainly it certainly could be that um, there are some people I'm sure that enjoy it for a variety of reasons. Um, for me, it's it's another part of the illusion. You know, it's just another part of the illusion that 
exists around us that people choose to spend their time with. Um, time is very precious. Time mm. is a resource. And I I knew that before my car event, but I, I have an even um, more cogent uh, connection. I don't know if that's the right word, a, a purposeful, a real, mm-hmm. a p- deep appreciation, that I'll say. I have mm-hmm. even more of a deep appreciation for time and how I use it. And you know, I, I I love to escape into a good book. I love to lose myself in a movie. I love to lose myself walking in the woods or walking on the ocean. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So how we use our time is 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 important. Mm-hmm. It really is. And I I mean I don't know where the time goes. I, it just it seems like the day's over in in a blink. I. <laughs> I, it it totally. I mean, I don't. I know people say that as you would get older, you know, it seems time seems to go faster. But I I actually think it is speeding up in some way. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of conversation about time and a lot of conversation about how time is a man-made constraint and that it really truly doesn't exist outside of this physical reality. And so. You know, there's a conversation about that. There's the conversation about the funnel of time, you know, definitely speeding up. And, you know, what is that about? I just love the fact that we're here and that we have the opportunity to choose. And I think that the choice, the opportunity to choose how we wish to live is something that is a very underused um, under not understood completely and and severely underused opportunity when it comes to building the lives that we say that we want is is what are we choosing how are we choosing to be in our life how are we choosing to work with difficulty how are we choosing to live our spiritual values mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what comes to me when you're saying that is I, I I think, and I may be wrong, but it's my sense that that people who um, who tend to feel like they're victims and respond to challenges in in a in a, a a manner of being a victim, they have difficulty seeing that they really do have choices. I think that's true. Um, not being a psychologist, my son is. I'll leave that to Jake, who's my <laughs> oldest son. Uh, he's a school psychologist, and thank goodness for him. I think our, our boys in, in high, in junior high school, where he teaches, definitely are in need of his his wonderful, caring, and loving heart. Mm. Um, so mm-hmm. I will leave that psychology end to to our trained um, and dedicated workers who help people who. Are, have experienced great difficulty to not put themselves and keep themselves in that place. And then the spiritual aspect of that is, is just so powerful because the spiritual aspect is, you know, is the, that, the, that we really truly live in a field of all possibilities. And for people who are putting themselves in a place of being a victim, regardless of whether they've had some really deep, deep trauma um, or whether they've just, it's just a lifelong pattern that they've had, you know, it's something that can definitely be shifted 
and be left behind. And I'm not I'm not casually saying that somebody who has had great difficulty can just easily leave it behind because none of this is really easy. Mm-hmm. This is this is deep serious work that we get to choose to make and and it's progressive and it's step by step. So learning to to move out of the low frequency of victimhood, which it is, it's a low frequency vibration and being able to place your yourself into a higher frequency, you know, can come, can begin from a practice that sounds as simple, but is a very powerful one of really being in what I call active gratitude. Now, gratitude is a word that's very popular in our lexicon. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when words get popular, like energy and abundance and gratitude, we tend to fluff them off, which is unfortunate. So I'm asking everybody who's listening now to not fluff this off, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it's so easy to do that. Yes, it is. Right. Um, But really going into a practice of active gratitude where you 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 choose to spend time and really list for yourself what you're grateful for. But one at a time and with each thing that which each with each aspect of your life that you're grateful for, you truly feel it in your body. You don't just think it in your head. Mm. You feel it in your body. So when was the last time anybody actually took 15 or 20 minutes of their day to sit down and write down what they're grateful for and feel each part of their life and their bodies they were doing that? I think most people listening would say, well, gee, I haven't ever done that. Right. And when we do that, we change our state. You know, we can't be, when we're thinking of vibration and we're thinking of the fact that we are vibrational beings. In fact, I love this. I read this um, in the New York Times, um, I don't know how long ago. There was a neurologist writing and he was talking about the fact that um, the brain, the brain doesn't create a new. Hmm. It doesn't create newness. What the brain does is it recognizes that which it already knows and creates structure around it. So if the Mm -hmm. brain is recognizing that which it knows, it's recognizing a frequency because the brain is filled with frequencies. That's why we have EKGs, EEGs for anyone listening in. Frequency is very physical in our body. You know, you go to the hospital when you're in your last days and you're put on a monitor and it's beep, 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 flatline. Well, the flatline means there's no frequency left in our body. Mm -hmm. So if the brain recognizes that which it knows, it's always recognizing a frequency. So if you're if you're it, you're holding a frequency in your body where you're at peace, your brain's going to start to structure thoughts around that frequency. And feelings have been defined as thoughts moving. I love this. Thoughts moving through our body. Mm. And so then we have these feelings of peace because we're in we're carrying high frequency and we're experiencing love. And when we're experiencing fear, the very same thing happens. The brain comes in and structures thoughts and feelings of anxiety and worry. So I love this idea that the brain, you know, is creating structure around 
what it's recognizing. And so we get to shift that structure. We get to change that. And if we're seeing that we're in one state, we get to shift another. So how does this affect victimhood? Because when you're in a place where you're not, where you're recognizing you're in low frequency, you get to shift it. You get to choose to bring in another state, whether it's by writing your active gratitude list or remembering moments when someone has been so appreciative of you or going into a meditation or doing a number of things to change your state. And it's really what we do in the moment to moment and watching and observing ourselves, and then choosing to shift our state that creates a different experience, whether it could be called victimhood or it could be called negativity or it could be called complaining or any of the other ways that we can be that don't really serve our existence. Mm-hmm. Now, I can imagine that if you're in a, a really challenging place, you're feeling depressed, really anxious, whatever, that this would be, might be kind of a tough thing to do. You might, a person might need help to do this. Well, you know, you don't need help to write a gratitude list. I always suggest, you know, I have a lot of clients who come to me um, who are in difficult places, and that's one of the reasons why people are drawn to spiritual work at some point. And I'm always a big fan of, you know, medical help. And if therapy, you know, therapy, I did therapy for 12 years in my 30s, and and I didn't realize what I was getting into. I thought I was just going to see this therapist because I was not really happy. And it ended up being a very um, long relationship, and the be- one of the best things I ever did in my 30s, really helpful. But therapy helps us to look at the history, to delve into the mind and the history. When we're dealing with the frequency, we don't need a therapist for that. But there are some people that like to do both, and it's beneficial for them to do both. My therapist was a very spiritually forward-thinking person. Um, and so there are times it's historically important for people to do, the, it was important for them rather to do the historical work for sure, which is what therapy is about. When it comes to changing your state, yes, that's that's new for people, but it's not that hard because we're actually changing our states every moment, every day. I have a friend, uh, an old friend who used to be the photographer for the Dalai Lama, mm-hmm. and she used to travel with him and sit below the stage and she would be you know shooting up with a telephoto lens mm-hmm. very close on his holiness's face and she said when you watch him that closely and that often what you see is that his face is constantly in motion his emotions are showing on his face constantly and he's moving completely because he goes into what he goes into an emotion he leaves it behind he moves on he goes into it so he never attaches to an emotion but it's going through him and you see it and that's how we are if we could hold a mirror up in front of us in fact my mother used to say to me when i was a little girl you should hold a mirror in front of your face you i always know what's going on with you 
stop making faces. So she used to say, literally, this was a wonderful person and, and she meant well, but she used to say, stop making so many faces. Well, how can I stop making so many faces? This is just what's going on with me and I don't know what I'm doing, right? I'm a little girl. And we're all like that. So really, in reality, it's not that hard to change our state. We just don't know about it. We don't think we can. We're trained to believe that difficulty is a difficulty. So sit inside of it, suck it up and do the best you can. And that's not that's not the only the only answer. That's not our only opportunity. So when somebody's having great difficulty, why don't you try the next time saying, what am I to learn here? What am I to learn from this difficulty? And see what shows up. And then, regardless of the answer or if an answer shows up, choose to sit with a pen and a paper, not with a computer or a tablet. You can do that if you'd like, but it's much more effective. I don't know why, but it is Hmm. much more effective when you take the physical element of putting something in your fingers and writing on a piece of paper one at a time for all the difficulty you may now feel. What are you still grateful for? And even if you can't say you're grateful for being alive, there is somebody in your life who loves you and supports you. If you feel there's nobody in your life that loves you and supports you, there is nature, there is the sea, there are the trees, there is the sky, there are the bunnies, there is the wind, there is the sun. And find what it is that you are grateful for and write it down and feel it and allow yourself, choose to feel the frequency of that which you are grateful for. Because you can't Go through that over and over, which is what I would suggest you do. Do it three or four times. You can't come out of that practice and still feel depressed. Mm. You're, You're shifting your state. Now, you may be fine for 30 seconds or a minute and feel like you're getting depressed again. Well, then get back on the horn. Get back and start doing something that makes you feel grateful experience gratitude because we can't be sick and well. We can't be hot and cold at the same time. You can't be feeling depressed and feeling grateful at the same time. Mm. So what you're doing, yeah. And so even if your long-term state isn't changed, we change things one small step at a time. And so if you continue to choose to change your state, then you'll see over time, and because it's all frequency again. And if you choose to leave the the low state behind, because your state of depression is one aspect of your multidimensionality, your breathing continues, your heart continues, your blood flow continues. Now, if we monitored it, it might look different, but it continues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And our brain continues, our history continues, our personality. Remember how all the different aspects of our multidimensional being, your depression, even though it can feel overwhelming, and I understand that, and I give great, great awareness to that, it's still only one of many aspects of your multidimensional being. So when we focus on other aspects and we focus on gratitude, we're able to gain some perspective. We're able to gain some space from the depression or the negativity. Mm -hmm. 
And for anyone who feels that this is not something that would work for them, I would ask you to give it a really good try for a few times first, because I've you utilized this practice with many students, all with great results. Mm-hmm. Hey, you, you beat me to it there because I was, <laughs> I was just going to say, I put out a, I don't know, a challenge or whatever to the listeners, to everyone to try it, try this, do it. Don't, don't make it just an intellectual, uh, oh, that sounds really good, but actually take a little bit of time and do it and see what happens. See for yourself, experience it. I'm going to do it. Well, it's a it's a wonderful, wonderful practice, and it's one of many of them, um, one of many of the practices that I use with my students because we live in a world of chaos, and we need a lot of opportunity to learn how do we really reconnect to the frequency of love that is within us, and that's what this work is about. It's really about three words. It's about acknowledging that we are high-frequency love, that we have that there, that this isn't that that frequency of love isn't something to be paraded out when it's our friend's birthdays or when we happen to be going out because it's a gorgeous day and we feel we can we can we can really feel great because the sun is out we can experience that energy of love i do 24/7 do i have difficult days no do i have times when i get annoyed of course and then i look immediately i ask what i need to learn and then i shift So we all have the opportunity to remember that we are love and to bring that into our physical reality by the choices we make in our life. Mm -hmm. I'm letting that sit for a moment. Does our personal frequency change throughout our lives? Can it change or do we come in with the personal frequency and that's kind of set? Well, my understanding and my experience is that personal frequency changes with consciousness. Consciousness is is an expression of, you know, our consciousness, our not whether we're awake or not, but but how conscious we are, how much we have connected to source, how much we've actualized the energy of love, the more we acknowledge it and actualize it within our daily life and access it. So it's, it's acknowledging it, it's, it's accessing it, it's, it's actualizing it in our daily life. As we actualize it more, as we bring in that frequency of love, our personal vibration rises and we're no longer three-dimensional beings. We're not working in just the three-dimensional world of form. Mm -hmm. We're then in the, uh, we then have the opportunity to access other realms of reality, but we also walk in this world often in an easier way. If it's integrated, if this consciousness is integrated into our life stream, then we're able to have a much more, uh, an easier ride here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it does, it changes with knowledge. You know, it changes with application of, you know, it doesn't change with intellectual knowledge. Um, sometimes it, it, it shifts, but I, I find that the real application of what we do with that knowledge, when we integrate that into our being uh, as experience, there's this wonderful, wonderful quote. I absolutely um I absolutely loved that um, spirit gave to me years and years and years ago. And um, 
I'm just wondering if I can if I can remember it mm-hmm. um, clearly enough at this point to uh, to share it with everyone here. But it's all about wisdom and it's all about knowledge and wisdom. Here it is. Okay. Oh, good. Um, they're telling me again. Knowledge mm-hmm. actualized. Knowledge actualized becomes experience. Experience integrated and repeated becomes wisdom. Repeat that again. Sure. Knowledge actualized becomes experience. Experience integrated and repeated becomes wisdom. So we can have knowledge, but if we don't actualize it in this physical world, if we don't use it, it doesn't become experience. But when we do use it, it does. Mm -hmm. And experience over and over integrated becomes wisdom. Here's another great quote from Swami Sarvegatananda that I keep on my desk sitting right here in front of me Mm that's this worn out little piece of paper because I've had it here for so many years. It speaks to the very same thing. It is not your beliefs. It's your behavior that counts. It is not your faith, but your function that counts. And it is not your conviction, but your character that counts. And so what Swami Sarvegatananda is talking about is we live in a physical world. So holding intentions without actions means nothing. It's not your beliefs. It's your behavior. And having faith without any function means nothing. And it doesn't matter how much conviction you have What does your character look like? So he's also talking about the very same thing, Mm -hmm. that it's not just what our intentions are, it's what we do. And that's why I say that integrating information, using spiritual truths, bringing them into your life, that's where the changes happen. That's where the transformation begins. And that's when the magic starts to show up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's really important. I know I get so frustrated with uh, when when people have a lot of knowledge, but they don't walk their talk or mm-hmm. or people who are always saying they're going to do something. They have good intentions, but nothing ever happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and sometimes we see people and they could be people that mean a great deal to us who who speak one thing and their actions are totally different from mm-hmm. what they're saying they want to do. And, you know, that's where we get to hold compassion. That's where we get to hold tolerance and understanding because we all come in. You know, uh, someone was asking me the other day, well, do you think that, you know, people Everybody is meant to evolve. Everybody is meant to become conscious. And I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. It's a good and question. It was, it's an excellent question. But but I don't know that. I, I wouldn't mm. presume to know that. But what I do know is that we all have the opportunity to choose to be as conscious as we want. And whether that is a person believes that or whether they choose to move forward on that or not is their choice. Because when we came into this body and the first breath that we breathed out was of the high frequency of love, we were also given in that very moment the gift of free will, the gift of free will. And that is very easily defined as the ability to say no to that high frequency of love that we breathed out into the world from our body. So we were given this amazing gift 
of 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 divine of divine frequency and we were given the the opportunity to say no to it at the same time and our life since then has been all about choosing yes or no yes or no yes or no and we've been conditioned to say no to it all throughout our lives. And so those of us that come to a place in our life, whether through tragedy, whether through just having enough of everything but not feeling connected to the source of who we are and just feeling like there's something that we still haven't gotten, whenever we get to that point where we start the journey to discover our authentic self and to bring back and to access and acknowledge and actualize that high frequency of love, that's when the journey begins. And we all have that opportunity. So whether or not we're supposed to be on that journey or who's supposed to be on, who I have no idea. Mm. But I know very certainly, with great certainty, that we all have the capacity because we're all born with that and it never goes anywhere. It's up to us to choose to access because we have free choice. Mm, very and there's no powerful. one that could do it for us, right? Mm, mm-hmm. No, that's true. It'd be nice if <laughs> it would be nice if someone could do it for us. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. Uh, something practical now. Mm. So let's say that someone is getting hooked by a, we'll just say it, a negative, difficult emotion, anger, whatever, frustration, sadness, um, and they want they're they're recognizing that um to change their frequency to raise their frequency is there is there is there like a little um process that that a person can do in the moment well i think i think once again um what i would share is that Becoming the witness to who we are and how we are is important. So watching and knowing is the first step because you're a pretty advanced person, as am I. And I don't say this from a place of judgment. I say it from a place of observation. And when people are are, are used to already watching themselves, mm-hmm. um, it's easy to forget that most people wouldn't even recognize that. Mm. So I think that that the first step for somebody who's interested in taking on this work is to begin to witness how they be, to learn how to watch themselves as they move through the world, which is a practice in and of itself, because we're used to just moving through the world, not having a consciousness about the fact that we can even watch as we move. So that's the first thing I'd say is if you feel like you're already in a place where you're, you've got radical honesty with your, with your being and you're able to watch your emotions as they happen, terrific. If not, that's where you're going to want to start. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's assume, based on your question, that we're there and that you're, you're feeling, you know, you're having some negative thoughts. Um, don't assume that they should be shifted right away. Ask, you know, go into quiet, just close your eyes. You don't have to be a practiced meditator. Um, the, the knowledge is within you. And go go inside and just quietly ask, what am I to learn here? For instance, um, years ago, before I really did all this work, I realized that whenever I was put on hold on the phone for 10 or 15 minutes, or somebody wasn't listen was interrupting me constantly and wasn't listening to what I was trying to get across, mm-hmm. 
or something else would happen, it always came back to me. Um, I was always felt I always lost my center when I didn't feel valued or appreciated. Mm. And and so the times when that would first start to come about, and I'd be really sad about that, or I'd lose my temper. Um, when I came to a place of consciousness of that, I would start to ask, well, what am I to learn here? And what I was to learn was a number of steps that showed me, first of all, what this was about, because I didn't even know what my anger was about. Mm. And, and so spirit would say, stop and look, stop and notice, stop and see what you're feeling. What's really, what are you not feeling here? And they would guide me through this whole process where I realized I wasn't feeling appreciated. And so sometimes it's important to have that awareness of what's going on with you. And what is it that's behind all of this? So you don't want to jump through the process without asking, what am I to learn here? Mm. Because you want to start learning what it is in your behavior why is that happening? What, what's going on there? Just because it's part of your growth. If that's not part of the process that's needed, spirit will show you whatever else it is that you need to learn. Sometimes it's learning, you know, to be more tolerant of other people. And sometimes that being tolerant of other people comes back to being tolerant of yourself. But that question, what am I to learn, is key. And then when you've really received an answer that you feel is valuable and, and feels like truth to you, that in and of itself starts to lighten you up. And then you can say, what manifestation of love am I to fill myself with? Am I to fill myself with kindness? Am I to fill myself with patience? Am I to fill myself with compassion? And whatever is given to you, take a moment and close your eyes and visualize a time in your life, let's say it was compassion that you needed to bring in. Okay. Visualize a time in your life when somebody gave you incredible compassion or you were giving someone else amazing, you just had so much compassion in your heart for them. And you see the whole experience in your mind's eye and you vibrationally feel it in your body and you just fill yourself with this experience and the frequency that you're feeling from this experience. Mm -hmm. And then when you're ready, you open your eyes and you come out and there's no way you're going to feel the sense of sadness or whatever that you went into when you started this, because as I said earlier, you can't be healthy and well at the same time. You can't be in low fear and high fear. So when you've chosen to take the time to ask spirit, what am I to learn? And then you fill yourself with this frequency of this memory, because memories are frequency. We call them memories. But what we're doing is we're bringing back a frequency of love that's in our body. It's there for us to access any time. And so when you access this again and you come out, you're not going to be in a state of sadness. Mm. Yes. So it's important. Mm. Things happen. I'm sorry to interrupt, but just, no, just okay. one little point. I apologize. Um, we don't go into anger and fear and jealousy just because of anger, fear, and jealousy. It's always an opportunity for us to learn about ourselves and then to change the state so the frequency, we leave the frequency, we leave ourselves in a different frequency. Mm -hmm. And I, I was the one interrupting, my dear, not you. Oh, <laughs> Very kind. Very kind. Uh, do you remember the little penguins, Chili Willy? 
I don't know if you ever saw them, but I'm I'm a, a girl of the 50s. And when I was a little girl, my grandparents were, were tailors. And the, there used to be this little cartoon called Chilly Willie with these two penguins. And Chilly would say, oh, no, 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 after you. And Willie would say, no, 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 after you. And they would keep doing this. And so I was just thinking of Chilly and Willie. <laughs> That's so funny. And I have to tell you, my grandparents were tailors, too. Were they? On my mother's side, yes. My grandfather is actually a furrier. Uh, He's from Czechoslovakia, and my grandmother was a tailor. My grandpa was from Poland. My grandmother was from Hungary, and they were both tailors. Oh, Oh, my goodness, yes. (laughs) Yes, quite a noble profession. Yes, yes. And my grandmother taught me how to sew, crochet, knit. I'm very grateful. (laughs) Um, So, okay, Selena, let me... Is it possible for, I mean, in, in maybe I, I, in your experience, this doesn't happen, but if someone is trying to uh, bring up a memory of compassion and they mm-hmm. can't, they're in a place where they just, e- even though there may be one somewhere back in there, they can't think of anything? You know, it's such a great question. I have a student that I had who I spoke with just the other day because most of my students work with me for quite some time because mm-hmm. we have this is this is long term work. This, mm-hmm. I'm very clear with my students. This is not a one shot deal. This is you know I've been working with my teacher for 20 years. Not that people need to work with student <laughs> teachers for 20 years, but she's so brilliant, and I I am I am happy to be in the valley as much as I am on the top of the mountain teaching that I I I gained so much from her. Um, I worked with a student just last week who, when I took her through this practice, said, I have to tell you, there's nobody in my life that has ever given me love or compassion or understanding. And so there we were. Mm. So my my next question to her was, well, how about you? When were you compassionate? Do you have times when you were compassionate? Or you were understanding. And she said, oh, absolutely. I said, well, then you need to go to a time when you were giving that frequency to another. Because you, in the only way you could have given it to another was if it was within you first. Mm. And it is still there within you. So let's go to quiet and you can bring up one of the times for yourself that you were compassionate toward another. So if there's anyone out there that has never experienced kindness, compassion, understanding, and has never given it, um, then we can come up with other practices, which which there are many. But I think we'd be hard-pressed to find a person that um, has not been the giver Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and probably a lot easier to find somebody who hasn't been the recipient, although that's pretty rare too. Mm -hmm. But that would be my, my, my... um, my advice would be to put yourself in the role of the giver because bringing that frequency into your body and remembering the time you were that high frequency energy for another is still accessing the high frequency within you now, currently, presently, and filling your body with that high frequency. Because once again, memories are just frequency. Mm-hmm. We call them memories, but they're actually frequency. And that's that's why they seem so alive, because they are, because we can access that at any time. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I, I like that. Um, so, oh, shoot. Did I just have an, 
senior moment. Ah, darn. I, I call them <laughs> midlife moments. Start okay, calling yeah. them midlife moments. Oh, yeah. You know, 60 is the new 40, 80 is the new 60. So now we don't have senior moments. We have midlife moments. Midlife. Okay. Uh, I, I, th- I, just I, like had, I just had a thought that just went through. I hate that when that happens. Um, it, let's see. But I was what I was going to reference, Selena. Okay. So you're, uh, when you spoke about the Dalai Lama and, and the her being able to, the photographer being able to see the the various uh, thoughts, emotions going across his face. What my sense is that then it's not that we're, it's not that we're trying, we're working at not having those emotions. What we're trying to do is not be hooked by those emotions. Not, not only not be hooked by them, but to use them for a very purposeful tool. So we're looking to go even further than that. Okay. So when let's look at it this way. When we get hooked by them, that's where we stay. They become landing pads. Mm. We, you know, we're, we're brought up to believe, some people are brought up never to express their emotions. So their journey becomes to experience their emotions, which is wonderful and important. But then what do we do when we experience them? How do we respond to them is what this work is. So when we get hooked by them, as you're saying, and they become a landing pad, it's a huge distraction. That's when we, where we stay and our efforts are then spent trying to get out of there. But when we watch our emotions, we notice them. We experience them and we choose to actively shift them once we learn from them then we're using them in a different way. We're productive with them. Then, I mean, think of it. If we, when people master, not if, but when people master <laughs> the art of noticing their state and choosing when they're in low frequency to ask, what am I to learn? And then to actively change into a higher frequency of peace because that's our natural inheritance is peace. We are made to be at peace and we're made to enjoy life. That is our purpose. That is what we were brought here for. But we were brought in this really crazy, chaotic place because we have to remember who we are first. And that's another another podcast for another time to talk about the fall from grace. But the point mm-hmm. is that when we we use those experiences and go beyond just the not getting hooked by them to be able to use them to remember who we are and to bring in in the the strongest way we can in the physical world that high frequency of grace into our existence. That's what this is about because then we're able, think about how fabulous that would be with each experience of difficulty, mm-hmm. whether it's mm-hmm. anger or whether it's frustration on the roads or the woman who scoops, you know, the scoops the subway seat or the person in front of you <laughs> with the eight items or less line and you're trying to get out the door and they've got the big cart and it's one by one by one and you're sitting there like trying to keep it together. Mm-hmm. What if each one of those experiences were an opportunity for you to go to peace? which mm-hmm. is exactly what they are. Oh, and the only difference is we need to know about that and we need to choose to do it and we need to have the steps, some of which we've talked about mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. And, and then every piece of difficulty is a gift because it's an opportunity to bring in love, to bathe yourself in the, in, in the acknowledgement and the appreciation in whatever else you need that hasn't been brought to you so far. You get to give it to yourself 
And this isn't hokey pokey. This is really real. It's physical. It's practical. It happens every day by people who are becoming awakened and are choosing to do this because they understand now they have choice and they have option. And why would they want to live in misery now that they understand that there's a new horizon out there? Oh, what an inspiring message of hope. Thank you, Selena. How can people, uh, I love this. This is, I have to say, this is probably one of my favorite podcast conversations. Oh, thank you. I'm so <laughs> glad to share this. I'm really appreciative of all the great work you do. I've listened to so many of your podcasts to understand your show, oh. get a taste of it. And it was such a delight to listen to the conversations. And I'm so grateful to you for the work you're doing because we need we need people to have connection to understanding the new the new reality of how we can lead our life. And you're on the forefront. So thank you so much for all your work. Oh, you're making me emotional. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so how can people contact you, connect with you, uh, learn more about your work? Yeah, well, thank you. I would encourage anybody who's listening to this conversation and are either mildly intrigued all the way up to, oh my God, I have to speak <laughs> to this woman, um, to reach out to me on email. It's selena at selenamatreya.com. Uh, my name is obviously spelled online there. Um, and I set up appointments free for 20 to 30 minutes. And we talk about where a person is on their path and why they're reaching out. And then I'll explain the work and tell you all the details about how we might get started. And then you, if it's right for you, we can move forward. And if not, we've had a good conversation where you've had an opportunity to find out a little more. My website is Practical Spirituality with Selena. There are a lot of articles there that I like to share information. There's a gift if photographers want to sign up for my list. And I only I only share information that I feel is valuable on mm -hmm. my um, list. And I, I send out an inspirational and educational message once a month. Mm -hmm. um, you can sign up for the free gift on my website, which is a wonderful, wonderful meditation. Um, and I think we're changing over actually to my um, a program I created, which is a 60-minute master class on becoming the abundance that you seek because people feel having an abundant life is something that happens to them mm. and it's actually something they create. And this 60 minute, spent a great many, many months writing this and creating this to be able to share the 60 minute master class that highlights the four places that people get blocked from abundance and I provide practices similar to the things we were talking about, but not the same ones, okay. but along that vein that you can do to um, get over each of these blocks so that you can have an abundant life. It's a very, you know, in the day and age where people say, oh, you know, one minute here, three minutes there. I, I really wanted to create a juicy program. So it's 60 <laughs> minutes and it's, it's well worth sitting through and learning from. Uh, that's also a gift on the site as well. And then I'm on Facebook, Practical Spiritualities, my tribe of 15,000 plus growing mm -hmm. all the time. And it's a wonderful community where we post about information about enlightenment. And yeah, I love hearing from people. Great. Oh, thank you. That's wonderful. Um, well, I would love to have you on again to talk about the fall of, from grace. If you'd like thank to you. do that, that would be, thank you. that would be fun. That'd oh. be wonderful. 
look forward to that. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Well, I would like to suggest to the listeners that you actually listen to this more than once. I think this conversation is packed with really useful, practical, <laughs> practical information that um, everyone can benefit from. And thank you so much for sharing all of this, Selena. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so very much for giving me the forum to do so. Oh, well, it's been a delight. And uh, I look forward to connecting with you again. Me too. Great. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. The podcast website is realjanine.com, where you can listen to and download episodes. There are links to my guest's web pages, photos, and you can sign up for the Real Janine bi-weekly newsletter to keep up on new episodes, archives, life updates, and healthy recipes. And remember, Janine is J-A-N-E-A-N. To subscribe to Keeping It Real with Janine, go to iTunes or your favorite podcast provider. Do you know others who would benefit from my conversation with Felina Matreya? I know you do. This is truly important information, and it should be shared with all of those you care about. Thanks for listening, and take care, and be well. Bye.